in March of 2016, a young female who was helping herself to food from the Jimbo's Horton Plaza hot bar was asked to leave. While continuing to eat, she got belligerent and eventually was escorted outside where mall security was waiting. While outside, a staff member who was about 15 feet inside the store and who recognized that this woman had given us problems before went to take a picture of her so staff members could be on the alert if she came in again. The young woman, noticing this, rushed at the staff member and physically assaulted her and actually tore a chunk of her hair off her head. Another Jimbo staff member had to forcefully intervene to get the woman off, and while dragging her outside, the woman bit his finger. Once outside, the young woman ran away while security watched and did nothing, because their job description is to only observe and report, and that continues to be so to this day. While this was one of the more violent interactions, our staff has faced similar and challenging issues like this all the time. While I fully support the redevelopment of Horton, I do not believe that Stockdale wants me there and will do whatever they can in their power to make it virtually impossible for Jimbo's to exist at Horton. So with that, um, please cast your vote. Cleric, please call the roll. And that passes unanimously. And that was Jimbo Somic, owner of Jimbo's at Horton Plaza. Jennifer Van Grove, you cover growth and development for the Union Tribune. And there was some big news last night with Horton Plaza. Why don't you recap what happened? So yesterday was the city council meeting where um, the council members unanimously voted to change the deed that uh, governs how you know the, the Horton Plaza property is used. And they changed it so that Stockdale only has to do a minimum of 300,000 square feet of retail. That can be reduced to 200,000 square feet and eventually zero if they increase the density on the site, um, which is called um, floor area ratio. If they increase that to 4.0, it's at 2.7 now. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically Stockdale got what it wanted. City Council signed off. But there there were some fireworks in the forms of or in the form of opposition. Um, Jimbo Somek, who runs Jimbo's Naturally, is a tenant at the mall, is in litigation with Stockdale and Westfield. He showed up and... He spoke for about 10 minutes and uh, seemed like he was choking up at times just given, you know, his circumstances where he feels like he's being pushed out and that, you know, Stockdale's trying to come up with a way to get him out of the mall. Certainly. And that whole area has really become kind of a ghost town. So at least something's moving. So what is there a sense of a timeline? What's going to happen next? And when is there going to be some groundbreaking? You know, unfortunately, the timeline was very specific in the document that I saw, but there were some changes made at city council yesterday in the language, right? So the new agreement has a schedule of performance in it, and that schedule is very detailed, like 30 to 60 days here, 45 days here, you know, uh, 185 days there. And that was supposed to be based on the date of execution, of that contract. However, Stockdale asked for a change in the language so that those dates would all be dependent on, I believe, them getting construction financing and them paying off some of their previous loans. So I don't know, you know, what they're contractually obligated to do on a timeline basis. I'm still just trying to sort that out. The company has told me, you know, they'd like to get something going in 30 to 60 days. That's how long they think it's going to take to get construction financing wrapped up. Their ultimate goal is to have something completed, phase one, um, completed by the end of next year. Uh, That's a very aggressive timeline. Mm -hmm. So 
so we'll see. There, there's still a lot that needs to happen. The next big milestone with the city is they need Stockdale needs to come up with a lease agreement with the city so that it can take over Horton Plaza Park, which is separate from Horton Plaza, but obviously very connected. Mm-hmm, certainly. And when it comes to the opposition, is there anything that Jimbo's or Macy's or even the Lyceum could do to kind of gum up this process and drag it out? Yes, absolutely. So nothing is certain. Um, Jimbo's is in litigation. Um, they have a lawsuit um, in Superior Court here. There's there's language in there about injunctive relief. They haven't asked for injunctive relief, but that but if they do ask for that, you know, they could potentially halt the project. I don't I don't know what they're going to do. They won't tell me. Um, and then the other variable here is Macy's. Their reciprocal easement agreement, their REA, supersedes the OPA, which is what we were talking about yesterday at, or at yesterday's council meeting. And Macy's, I believe the way that I understand it, and I've talked to lawyers about this, they have sign-off on construction plans. So... If Stockdale doesn't get Macy's sign-off, then, in theory, Stockdale can't move forward with construction. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything else we need to know about this ongoing process? That you should follow me on Twitter, because I tweet about this a lot, and that I will be updating readers you know, with as much information as I can find out as often as possible. Yeah, this is a long process, so it's it does kind of It's a long process. It's a very important piece of property. The story's not over. I guess let's, you know, that's a good way to end it. All right, Jen Van Grove, thank you so much. Thank you. Despite a generally growing economy, one indicator is slowly falling. Car sales. For the third straight year, new car sales have decreased in California. Pessimistic economists say decreasing car sales are one of the first signs of an economic downturn. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Rob Nikoleski, you cover energy for the Union Tribune, and that also includes vehicles as well. And there's a new report out which says that overall sales are slightly down for new vehicles. When you explain, why is this news important? Well, this is important because it might have some implications. I want to emphasize might. It might have some larger economic implications for the economy in general. But the uh, every three months, uh, the New Car Dealers Association of California comes out with a quarterly report taking a look at how they, how many new vehicles have been sold in California. And the takeaway, the big takeaway in this report that came out uh, earlier this week is that new car sales are down 5%. And that's a pretty good chunk. Mm-hmm. Um, they and It was not totally unexpected to see a downturn because to give you some perspective on things, we had the Great Recession 2008, 2009, 2010, and that really took uh, the car uh, industry. They really took a real beating there, as mm-hmm. you might expect, because people aren't going to buy big ticket items when the economy is bad. Certainly, and the whole issues with credit and getting exactly. financing. But in recent years, the car industry has really bounced back. And in the last four years, we in California have had new vehicle sales of two million or more for four consecutive years. Well, with a five percent drop in the first quarter of this year, it's not going to happen. We're, we're going to see that streak come to an end. And the New Car Dealers Association, at the beginning of the year, expected to sell about one point nine six million vehicles this year. They had to readjust and adjust that downward after this quarterly report. And they're now down to one point nine two million vehicles for two thousand nineteen. 
And uh, some economists suggest that when new sales or sales of any big ticket items decrease, that's a sign of a coming recession. Mm-hmm. Why don't you kind of walk us through that logic that some argue? Yeah, some people do argue that because in many ways, car sales are a leading indicator of the economy in general. But I talked to a couple of people today, and even though they saw maybe some warning signs here, they were a little bit hesitant to step forward and say this is a bigger issue that we can take the connection between lower car sales in California and there have been lower car sales in the United States as well. It was down 5 percent in California, down about 2.3 percent in the U.S. But a lot of the people I talked to, like James Hamilton, who's an economics professor at UC San Diego, he was reluctant to make that connection from car sales to the economy in general because he says that what he suspects, what, what he reads when he reads the tea leaves, is that new car sales People aren't aren't going to buy a new car every two or three years. What they're going to do is they're going to – they they held off on buying a car during the recession. They bought a new car in 2014, 2015, 2016. So they're not not necessarily going to buy a brand new car in 2019. Yeah, so they kind of expect it to kind of come in waves in which it will increase, decrease as people want to upgrade their vehicles or the vehicles break down. Exactly. But it is interesting to see. I mean, and it, it does highlight some some of the disconnects that we see and that we talk about a lot in the economy, because on one level, the economy is going great guns. The unemployment rate's at its lowest rate in generation in a generation or maybe generations plural. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you see this kind of disconnect where you see numbers going down, maybe just kind of a general feeling out there that people aren't totally secure in their financial situation. Yeah, the economy right now is certainly in a strange situation in yeah. which, like, uh, you know, there's almost like a have and have nots mm-hmm. tension building in a sense. Exactly, exactly. And that's what's interesting about taking a look at this report. And also in the report, it has some winners and losers. What are the most popular vehicles being purchased in California? Well, the toy, the Toyota Camry and the Honda Civic are always one, two every, mm-hmm. every uh, quarter. But what's really interesting about this quarterly report is the number three most popular vehicle as far as registration goes, the Tesla Model 3. And that's an interesting thing, too, as, as well, because it was number six in the last quarterly report, which is the first time I can remember in the three years I've been covering this that I've seen an electric vehicle in the top 10. And now it's moved up to number three. The big question is going to be, and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are familiar with the Model 3 being the, quote, affordable mm-hmm. uh, electric vehicle from Tesla. The big question is going to be, since the Model 3 rolled out at the end of last year and we saw it move up to number six in the last quarter and now move up to number three, the question is, does it have staying power or is this just the people who who made their reservations with Tesla a couple of years ago? Now they're picking up the vehicles. Or is this an or is this an indication that yes, this is a, a car for the masses, and that Tesla is in here for the long haul? We'll have to wait and see on that. Certainly. And are there any other um, things in this report that stick out to you as a sign that indicates what's going on in the broader economy? The only other thing that really jumped out at me was the fact that I have, since the three years I've been covering this, I have seen how light-duty vehicles, and we're talking pickup trucks and SUVs, keep growing in market share. And conversely, passenger cars, sedans, are going back as far as market share goes. And that's something that we've seen in the national 
auto market, but we're seeing it, especially here in California, and the people in California, the car dealers, are really pretty much astounded by this because cars were always king in California, and SUVs, pickup trucks, they were kind of an ancillary thing. But right now, the light truck market share is 56.1% in California, and cars is down to 439 And in the, on a national level, it's even more striking. It's almost 70% light trucks. So we're talking about SUVs and pickup trucks. So obviously, people like the fact that they can ride a little bit higher in a truck or an SUV, and also that the uh, the fuel efficiency of the SUVs and the trucks, pickup trucks, have gotten a lot better in recent years. Certainly. And I guess if you're buying a second vehicle and you already have a car, might as well get something different. Unless you want to buy an EV. That's true. <laughs> All right, Rob Nikoleski, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. In other business news, a surcharge has raised millions to fund tourism marketing in San Diego. It's a 2% surcharge added to hotels that have 70 or more rooms, and it generated $41 million so far. Most of the marketing goes towards big events that draw in tourists like the San Diego Bay Wine and Food Festival and San Diego Beer Week. The San Diego Tourism Authority is also planning on spending more on ads this year, including those on TV and Hulu. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Check out some of our other podcasts, too. The Conversation features topical interviews with newsmakers, and Hot Lava is our podcast about all things Padres. Go to sandiegounitribune.com slash podcast for more. Until next time.